For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Power Punch. Get charged up on the truth. Now, Power Punch with Larry Barons on News Talk STL. Well, 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 welcome to your weekly dose of the truth. Unapologetic, unfiltered, unleaded. I didn't quite get that right, but my name is Larry Barons. I'm your host, and you have stumbled upon Power Punch. Every week we go through the news that matters to you when it comes to energy in the world. And let's just be honest. Energy is everything. So glad you've joined us. We're here every week. And you know what? We got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to talk about the party I didn't get invited to. You didn't get invited to, but it seems like everybody else got invited to. We're going to talk about why everyone's not buying those glorified golf carts. That's right. Those EVs just aren't selling. And and then it's going to be hard, but we'll get through it together. We're going to get really crazy after that. That's what's going to happen. Thanks for joining us. So let's launch into it, shall we? It started this week, not here, because heaven forbid they do something here. Have you heard of it? I, I don't even know what it stands for, but the United Nations, all their climate elites, they are gathering. They are gathering together as they do every year because Thanksgiving, that's okay. Christmas, that's okay. But what they really love is a good elitist climate conference. And they they can't do it on Zoom. They're going to go to the most elite exclusive places on earth and talk to us about meat. Yeah, that's all coming up. Let's launch into it. It is your vice president and mine heading to... <laughs> <laughs> the biggest climate conference of the year so far. Vice President Kamala Harris will be attending this year's United Nations Climate Summit on behalf of the United States. Aren't you proud? But she's not the only one. Harris will join special presidential envoy for climate. You notice how they stopped com- calling him climate czar. Special presidential envoy for climate, John Kerry, as a prominent high-level U.S. official at the conference. And you know what? It's fascinating because Everybody who's everybody is going to this conference. If you are, you know, even at one time through a, a can in the recycling bin and you're elected Democrat, they let you go. They will, they will, again, elitist gathering. And let's just walk through what this looks like. Two years ago, it was in Scotland. Last year, exclusive resort in Egypt. This year, they're all jetting off to Dubai because nothing and I mean nothing, says, we care about the earth more than hundreds of private planes descending upon an oil-rich country in the Middle East. And if you're ready for it, and, and maybe this is why Kamala, Camilla, sorry, Gavin, if I'm not getting it right, this is why Vice President Harris is going, no joke, one of the first uh, meetings that they're having is feminism in the climate world. And keep in mind, they're hosting this in the United Arab Emirates. Let's just enjoy that for a second. So they are gathering at COP28, the world's largest climate conference, and they're going to discuss a whole lot of things. And your White House and mine hosted a call over it this weekend. And what they said was, they're like, if you read it, you can go on the White House website and actually read this. Here's how it goes. Background. Background report for those attending COP28. 
we find out that John Podesta, political operative John Podesta, is going. And he is the only one to identify. If you look on the White House website, it actually says also on the call are, you're going to think I'm making this up. You're going to think I'm stuttering. But it literally says this. Also on the call are senior administration official, comma, senior administration official, comma, senior administration official, comma, senior administration official. There are four people that the White House fails to disclose that you and I are footing the bill to go to this climate conference. And you and I both know that's not going to be it. There's going to be governors that are going. I don't think, I don't think Missouri's governor is going, but there's going to be, what, New Mexico, New York, probably Michigan. They all go and every year they gather around and they decide the future for you and me. When they talk about how are we going to ban gas stoves? This is where they talk about it. When they talk about how are we going to reach into your lives? This is where they talk about it. This is the thing that they want to push all the time. And the biggest issue, and we'll get to the weird one in a second, but the biggest issue that is going to be before them are climate reparations. This is nothing more than a global shakedown. Make no mistake about it. It is them looking to rich countries. Hello, USA. And, and we used to be rich until about three years ago. They're looking to rich countries to funnel money to poor countries because rich countries got rich by having the audacity to use energy. And they travel. I can't get over it enough. They travel in hundreds of planes, if not thousands. I want to say, what, what is the, the, the attendance expected to be? I think it's about to be about 70,000 people. No joke. Yeah. Harris will be the highest ranking U.S. government official in attendance as Biden will not be among the 70, 70,000 people expected to descend upon the United Arab Emirates for the conference. <sighs> Biden called climate change worse than nuclear war. So we have to send 70,000 people to the Middle East to talk about it. And this isn't, this isn't like a one-off thing. They do it every single year. Now, keep in mind, the governors that are going, those leftist governors, I wonder if Gavin, Gavin, you on the, did your wife let you on the plane? These governors that locked down our states forever. Zoom was more than good enough for your kid's education. You can't go, go don't go play at those parks. Stay on the Zoom and that's all you'll learn. But when it comes to a climate junket, where they get to rub elbows and schmooze and, and let's be honest, pad the nest for their next big job. Well, they gotta go do that in person. They gotta hop on a plane and go. What you will not hear, you will not hear how much taxpayers are footing the bill for this, both at the state and federal level, right? It, it, it's not free for John Podesta, Kamala Harris, John Kerry, and four unnamed senior Biden officials to go. I think the EPA guy is going too. There are so many people descending upon it. And, and I can't help but think, why did I get an invitation? Did you get one? Did, did Kamala, did, it must've been lost in the mail. Do they even use mail anymore? What's the carbon footprint? There's all kinds of crazy questions and all kinds of crazy things that they're doing. But let's talk about what they're leaving. They're leaving behind the United States where they are working overtime to pretend 
our economy is in great shape. Don't believe your own lion eyes. Believe what they have to say. Hear my words and then watch me jet off to Dubai. But the economy is not great. Let's talk about inflation real quick because that's going to lead into a little bit of what else they're going to be talking about in Dubai. No, no, not inflation because inflation doesn't exist for the elite. But one of the craziest ideas we've heard in a long time. First, let's get to the sound clip. Greg Gunthorpe says inflation just won't quit, hitting the farm's bottom line. Oh, inflation has drastically impacted, uh, you know, our cost of production. Small uh, family farms have a difficult time figuring out where we fit in in the future in this with all of this inflation. So there you hear it. A farmer talking about the massive cost of production that inflation has now inflicted upon it upon him and his livelihood. And, and it inflicts upon all of us, right? That food that is grown there, yeah, we're gonna have to pay that price for it. It's a seasonal opportunity because when their product finally makes it to market, we have to pay for the price that they paid. Joe Biden doesn't have to worry about that. Kamala Harris doesn't have to worry about that. What, what's on the menu in Dubai? Yeah, pass. But I'll tell you what's not. What's not gonna be on the menu. This is, uh, we, we reach it so early in the show but it's still important. Here's the, the try to, to stop your up truck reflex on the show. The United Nations, this is during their, their little conference. Oh, by the way, did I mention this conference three weeks long? Yeah, because nothing says efficient use like a conference that lasts almost an entire month. The United Nations is expected to ramp up its calls for the world to greatly reduce meat consumption. It's all in order to combat climate change. Get your burger out of your mouth, you earth-hating person. During the COP28 summit, which starts in Dubai this week, the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, not making it up, it really exists, they're going to publish a global plan for calling on nations with high rates of meat consumption to change their diets in order to lower greenhouse gas emissions. Eat the bugs! They literally want to change your diet. And, and I don't know what's going to happen first. I don't know if uh, Hans Schwab or whatever that knucklehead from the World Economic Forum, I don't know if he's going to take the burger out of my mouth or Joe Biden's going to take away the gas stove where I can cook it. I don't know which is going to come first, kind of a chicken or the egg thing. Oh, chickens and eggs are out, are out loud now too. Dang it. That was fast. And so what they're going to do their roadmap will ask wealthy nations with high rates of per capita meat consumption, USA, to curtail their carnivorous habits. And developing nations will be advised to improve their livestock raising and farming practices. Here's, you know what, this is, uh, this is the part that just hurts me the most. It just sends a chill to my already cold, dead heart. With about three quarters of a pound of meat consumed per person per day, the United States has the second highest rates in the world. Second! This is America. We didn't get here for no silver medals and meat consumption. What is wrong with you? Oh, second. You know who's first? Hong Kong. We don't lose to Hong Kong in anything. <sighs> My goodness. Anyway, so they're going to meet in Dubai. That, that's the part that triggered me the most, that we were actually second in meat consumption. But don't worry, 70,000 folks are heading to the, U, to the UN Climate Summit to tell us 
how to eat. And it gets, you, you would think it's so laughable, it's so hyperbole that they're like, they're never going to mess with us. But let me take you to a little place called New York City. In New York City, the mayor there, I think when his associates aren't being arrested, the mayor there has a climate office, unsurprisingly. And in the climate office, they have, not making this up, they started months ago, they have a voluntary lunch program where you as a business can tell the mayor's office what food is available to your employees. So let's say you own a business and you say, hey, we have the snack machine. And they will come back to tell you how you can make your employees' food more carbon friendly. I mean, do you remember when people first started to say that eating the bugs was a conspiracy theory? And now they're just being open about it. They're going to go there and they're going to say, first, United States, we want your money. And then we want you to stop eating meat. And And these are the people who are our betters. These are the people who will take private jets to tell us how it is. How long before we decide we've had enough? How long before we decide, you know what? We're not ruled by globalists. We're ruled by the decisions that are best for our communities and our families. Well, apparently not soon enough because Joe Biden is sending anyone who's anyone to Dubai for the next three weeks to talk about it. Now, keep in mind, we don't get to know who's there, but we know it's John Podesta, Kamala Harris. Who else did I say? Oh, yeah, John Kerry, climate czar, John Kerry, and a whole slew of other bureaucratic names that you don't know, but yet you're going to have to foot the bill. This is what we're living on here in 2023. And so maybe if we didn't get invited to the party, we're actually the cool kids. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Hey, coming up, speaking of the cool kids, you not only can you not eat that hamburger, but you're not buying enough EVs. Do you just hate the earth? (sighs) We're going to delve into it in a little bit. You are listening to Power Punch. Stay here. Back for more coming up. Get more Power Punch at NewstalkSTL.com. Power Punch with Larry Barrons on News Talk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Get charged up on the truth. Now, Power Punch with Larry Barrons on News Talk STL. Ding, ding, ding. Let's ring in the bell for round two. I hope you survived it. And I hope during the break you took the time to have a fat ham sandwich. Maybe uh, some of those turkey leftovers if you still got them. It's, it's, you know, gobble them while you can. Pun intended. Gobble them while you can because uh, the UN is meeting in Dubai with the plans to take them away from you. Well, speaking of taking things away from you, let's turn to your favorite transportation secretary in mind. Yeah, you know him. You love him. Cub Scout Pete Buttigieg is making the rounds this week. And, and how did he not get to Dubai? Are, Pete, are you going to Dubai? Are you go, Are you go, Yeah, he's probably going. But maybe he didn't get the first round of invites. You know, Joe Biden likes to send his bureaucrats in waves. I guess it's better for the environment because why put them all on one plane when you can send them in many, many, many planes? It's good for the earth. Don't ask questions. So Pete Buttigieg is in the news, and uh, he just really doesn't understand 
why you don't love this economy. He can't wrap his mind around it, neither can the reporter asking him the question. Let's get into this question real quick. You know, as well as I do, the disconnect between the delivery of those wins and the perception and understanding of those wins. And I wonder how you believe you bridge that gap. Well, part of that is why we're on the road so much. Uh, look, uh, we, we shouldn't assume or expect that people are automatically going to give credit where credit is due if we don't remind folks how these things came about. So put aside Cub Scout Pete's answer for a second. Let's let's focus on the reporter. And she's asking, where do you think the disconnect is coming from? And the disconnect she's referring to is Joe Biden says economy good. American public says economy is bad. It's a disconnect. And, and the, the view is not Secretary Buttigieg. Are you disconnected from reality? No, 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 no. The question from the reporter has the connotation of that you and I are disconnected from reality, that the economy is good. We just don't know it. Our, our debt may be going through the roof. You may be swiping those credit cards, worrying how you're going to pay for Christmas, but gosh darn it. Economy's great. Shut up. We're heading to Dubai. And so I bring in Pete Buttigieg here because A, he's clueless, but B, he is known for one of my favorite stunts in the Biden administration. It was, I think it was his first year in office and he was going to tout just how great electric vehicles are. No, no, no. It wasn't even electric vehicles. He was going to tout how great it is to lower your carbon footprint. I mean, not heading to Dubai, but he was going to ride his bicycle into work. And we've all seen it. If you have it, it's one of the, the great achievements of the Biden administration, uh, uh, you know, profiles and dumbness, as we should call it. He gets in a gas guzzling SUV, goes to work until the last block where the news cameras happen to be. And he gets on a bike and just rides the last block as no one saw him got out of the SUV. He says, look, guys, it's just cleaner to do it this way. That's Pete. That's what he, he, he that, that's who we're dealing with. And, you know, forget the fact that trains are derailing and, and Joe Biden hasn't been to East Palestine, Ohio yet. I'm sure. Oh, wait, uh, Dubai. Yeah, we're going to Dubai. But it seems like Joe Biden's EV dreams are falling apart. It happened this week. If it wasn't real, could I do that? It happened. This is from the Wall Street Journal, but it references something that was very important and is the, the thrust of what we want to talk about here, the segment. They say, you could subsidize a buyer into the auto showroom, but you can't make them buy. EVs are piling up. Did you know that 3,900 car dealers, almost 3,900, a little under, they sent a letter to Biden this week, and their letter was very clear. And this is what I'll, I'll read, just read you the, the beginning of it, because there's a lot of interest, interesting stuff. We are auto dealers from across the country who collectively sell every major brand in the United States. We are small businesses employing thousands of Americans, and we are deeply committed to the customers we serve and the communities in which we operate. Sounds good. We understand. And they're ticked off. I, I would, they're, they're trying to nicely raise a red flag but it's a bread flag nonetheless. Last year, there was a lot of hope and hype about EVs. Early adopters formed an initial line and were ready to buy these vehicles as soon as we had them to sell. It was fantastic. All the rich people were lining up. But that enthusiasm has stalled. Today, the supply of unsold EVs is surging. Not the sales, the supply of them. And they're not selling nearly as fast as they are arriving at our dealerships. Even with deep price cuts, manufacturer incentives, and generous government incentives, EVs are stacking up 
on our lots. What? These cool EVs that everyone loves, their people just aren't buying them? Well, I, I wonder why. Well, the Wall Street Journal tells you why. Early adopters, they formed a line, but it's all done. EVs are still too expensive. Apartment renters don't have garages for home charging. Public charging networks are spotty with one of four not functional, according to one study. They, these dealers... Now, they want the administration to tap the brakes on the proposed tailpipe emission rules that would effectively mandate that EVs compromise two, co excuse me, comprise two-thirds of car sales by 2032. And that gets it. Let's, let's just get, I'm sorry I'm going to get wonky and weedy and policy here for a little bit, but this is what Joe Biden does, and this is what we need to be aware of. Congress never passed a law saying that two-thirds of vehicles need to be EVs by 2032. Joe Biden never even passed a rule saying it. Here's what he did. He went and he had his EPA pass a rule that says cars can emit something, but they can only emit this much. And that level that they said that cars can emit is a level that no gas-powered car can achieve. And so they de facto make it, it's a de facto ban on gas cars that Joe Biden has done. You didn't read about it. It didn't make the front pages of anywhere. I don't know if it'll come up in Dubai. They'll probably celebrate it there behind the scenes while they're dining on their not meat. But this is what Joe Biden has done. He passes these rules that have this impact. And when, he, when I say rules, they're just executive edicts. They're just things that Congress doesn't have to worry about. Sure, you can go and sue and sue all the way to the Supreme Court, but how much is that going to cost you? That may actually cost you more than the EV. And it's like saying... I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to leave you in this room and take out all the oxygen. Technically, I didn't kill you, but I took out all the oxygen. It's like office space. We, we didn't fire him. We fixed the glitch. That's what Joe Biden is doing with our economy, with our nation, and with the cars in the garage. But darn you people, you're just not buying it. Joe Biden doesn't know why. He'll tell you why. A new study from the University of California, Berkeley, yeah, those crazy conservatives, they say there's a strong, enduring correlation between political ideology and U.S. EV adoption. About half of EVs registered of the last year were to the 10 most Democratic counties and about one-third to the top 5%. So you're more likely to see an EV in a blue county. The study notes, this suggests it may be harder than previously believed to reach the high levels the U.S. EV dealer's adoption. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to laugh. The Wall Street Journal continues, the dealer's letter is an important political signal that progressive climate, changing the page, coercion isn't as popular as Democrats think. I think it says a lot more than that. So when you have a third of all EV vehicles purchased in the United States, and they are just clumped together in the bluest counties in the United States, what does it mean? Does it really mean that EVs are good for the environment? Or let me just throw out an alternative scenario here. Maybe the person driving that EV just wants to virtue signal that they love the earth more than you do. Put down that cheeseburger. Maybe that's just it. Maybe, and, and, and keep in mind, they're bad at research because EVs aren't any better for the environment than your internal combustion car. Listen, the EV won't work when it's hot. 
won't work when it's cold. If you, uh, heaven forbid, you have to tow something or do any real work. I mean, sure, if you have to, you know, drive down to the nearest uh, free trade, uh, love, uh, mom and pop little shop to get your avocado toast because you live in New York City. Sure, the EV is great for that. But if you have to do real work, it doesn't work. And that's why Americans are not buying into EVs. And even the Associated Press, the leftist funded, green funded Associated Press, they're starting to freak out. And I want, I, I share this story with you for one reason. So I want you to hear the words that they used and, and, and what quotes they included and why. Electric vehicles have proved to be far less reliable on average than gasoline powered cars, trucks, and SUV, according to the latest consumer reports, which found that EVs from the 2021 through 2023 model years encountered nearly 80% more problems than did vehicles propelled by internal combustion engines. What'd you notice about that story? Isn't it magic that they just settled on a couple of years. I mean, Joe Biden has been pushing these EVs for a long time. EVs aren't new, but that's what they're going to push. And you have one guy in here quoted at them saying, you know, it's just because they're so new. We're still working out the bugs. And that's what they're going to try to tell you, right? They're going to try to tell you that the problem with the EV is that it just it's just too gosh darn new. Well, first of all, the iPhone was started in 2007. It's working okay. We didn't have to crush a whole lot of bugs out of that. But second, EVs have been around forever. Barack Obama was pushing them in his first term with Vice President Joe Biden. And here's the, the, the chef's kiss of this. This is my own research. You're welcome. Do me a favor. Go back. Super Bowl's coming up in a couple months. Go back to last year's Super Bowl, three, four, five, six, six years Super Bowl, whatever you want, how far back you want to go and look at the most popular commercials from that Super Bowl. And here's what you'll find. You'll find EVs are pushed and pushed and then do a little research to find, oh, there's an EV commercial with LeBron. Did that EV ever make it to market? Oh, there's another little funny EV commercial with Will Ferrell. EV never made it to market. They have all these prototypes saying, look what's coming, get excited. And they never make it to market because Americans don't want them because it is impractical. And even though, as one study just released a month ago, in fact, we had him here on the show, pointed out, when you look at that EV, and let's say it's $50,000, good luck finding that $50,000 EV, by the way, the actual cost to make that EV was over $100,000. Who picked up the tap for that? you and me. Taxpayers picked up the tab to make it so that that EV could still have that high sticker price, but not as high as reality would have you see. Joe Biden is hiding the real cost of these EVs. And even at that, even though they give people that buy one a tax break, even though they get subsidized up the wazoo, manufacturer after manufacturer is, pun intended, tapping the brakes because they know this is a snake oil product. And I, I'll be the first to say they look cool as all get out. I love having a blue screen of death that would, you know, apply to my car. But that's what Joe Biden is demanding. And they are telling him nearly 4,000 dealers are saying, please, please stop. These are piling up on our lots. 
Nobody wants them. The vast majority of our customers, they, they want to have a car that goes as far as they want to go, has the power that they need. And oh, by the way, the air conditioner and the heater work. And when you turn those on, it doesn't decrease the range by 50%. That is the world we're living in right now. And Joe Biden is living in a fantasy land where they keep to put where they keep pushing it because his agenda will always come first and it all starts coming to focus we've just looked at this this narrow sliver of EVs right but then we start to see oh yeah it's also they don't want us to eat meat they don't want us to use gas stoves gas furnaces they don't want to do that and then you start to see how they have eroded our economy I know I'm the energy guy and I know that someone said, well, you, you know, energy is not everything, but look at what happened. Energy brings, touches everything that we have. And when America's energy weak, our economy is weak. And Joe Biden is energy weak. Tell you what, we got another segment coming up and, and you may think, Larry, you've been getting crazy. You've been getting crazy during this whole show. Oh, we're going to kick it up a notch. The crazy is just starting to come your way. You're listening to Power Punch. Stay with us. One more segment. Crazy time coming at you. Get more Power Punch at NewstalkSTL.com. You're listening to Power Punch with Larry Barons on NewstalkSTL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Get charged up on the truth. This is Power Punch with Larry Barons. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with me. You are listening to Power Punch. My name is Larry Behrens. Hey, fun fact, I'm the communications director for Power of the Future. We're an organization that fights for American energy workers and American energy independence, and we're going to keep fighting for it no matter how many times the UN sends people to Dubai to try to tell us it's not worth fighting for because we know an energy-independent America is a stronger America. And oh, by the way, groceries are more affordable when that happens. Well, we're going to get into crazy time now. You're going to be like, Larry, Joe Biden's, you know, telling us to eat less meat and taking away our cars and and it, it can't get more crazy than that. Oh, my friend, buckle up in that glorified golf cart. We're coming at you. Now, this was from, I gotta be honest, about a month ago. And it's written, I gotta be honest, it's written from someone in the UK. So they have like center with C-E-N-T-R-E, which, you know, uh, my ancestors fought a war so we can, you know, drop that extra E. Nonetheless, let's look what they're proposing because it is straight out cuckoo crazy. This is, I'm just gonna read the headline for you. And, And CNN, by the way, picked this up. So, yeah, adjust your crazy hats. It's gonna get bumpy. It says here, it's time to limit how often we can travel abroad. Carbon passports (laughs) may be the answer. Carbon passports coming to a country near you. Now, I I need to, let's let's just pause for a moment. Everyone's going to say, and I hear the liberal heads popping, we're not, no one said carbon passport. No, that's just conspiracy theory, remember? When we told you about the bugs, you thought we were crazy, And now 70,000 knuckleheads are meeting in the Middle East to try to tell us to eat less meat. 
carbon passports. Welcome to your future. This is uh, from, I'm not going to give them the name, but they are from the University of Westminster. Not the good one, the one there in the UK. The summer of 2023 was a very significant for the travel industry. By the end of July, international tourist arrivals globally reached 84% of pre-pandemic levels. Oh my gosh. And he's writing these things like they're a bad thing. In some European countries, such as France, Denmark, and Ireland, tourism demand even surpassed its pre-pandemic level disaster. People are traveling. Traveling and having fun. How dare you? I bet you they had a burger too. Monsters. The summer saw record-breaking heat waves across many parts of the world. Oh yeah, this is the correlation because you hopped on that plane and had those nacho cheese fries with hamburger on it. Yeah, uh, you're responsible for the heat waves. And this is where it, uh, got a downshift again. Sorry, sorry. And this is the caffeine-free Larry, by the way. People were forced to flee wildfires in Greece and Hawaii and extreme weather warnings were issued in so many popular holiday destinations. Are you kidding me? The Hawaii fires, which once we found out were fueled by green projects because they wouldn't cut the weeds around the power line because it's not good for the earth. The media ran away from it, but this knucklehead, oh, by the way, those Hawaii fires, totally climate change, your fault. So here's what he's proposing. Oh my gosh, these guys are dumb. The idea of a carbon passport. Yeah. It centers. Oh, there he is. C-E-N-T-R-E-S. Come on, buddy. Uh, I may be illiterate, but I can read the words good. The idea of carbon passport centers on each traveler being assigned a yearly carbon allowance that they cannot exceed. You would not exceed it. Eat the bugs and don't, you can't break your carbon allowance. Who sets the allowance? Who decides how you break it? Who gets one? Who Is your carbon allowance bigger than mine? I just made it awkward. These allowances can then ration, his words, ration travel. And, and he gets specific on it. I don't even know if it's a him. We're going to say it's a him. <gasps> how dare you? The average annual carbon footprint for a person in the U.S. is 16 tons. One of the highest rates in the world. USA, number one. Stick it, Hong Kong. In the UK, this figure is at 11.7 tons, still five times higher than the figure recommended by the Paris Agreement. Yeah, that's what makes me worry. When, I, when I'm traveling to Paris, I'm worried about the Paris Agreement. That's what, let's just take a moment to enjoy the irony. This guy is arguing that you traveled to Paris less because of the Paris Agreement. And what would the people in Paris say about that? I couldn't find another way to say the word Paris. The average global carbon footprint. So keep in mind, the US is 16 tons. And what do you get? You get this knucklehead yelling at you. The average global carbon footprint needs to drop to under two tons by 2050. You're at 16. Okay, if you if you go with the ramen and add some crickets and you stop traveling and you buy the EV, maybe that'll get you under the two tons because right now you're at 16. You're, you're carbon obese, this guy would say. Because you have the audacity to live your life. This figure, and let me say, so he wants you to drop it by 2050 to under two tons. And so what does that get you currently? It equates to around two return flights between London and New York. You get to go to London once. And then, uh, or, or the equivalent. And then that's it. And he doesn't, he doesn't get into, oh, it makes me so mad. He doesn't get into, what, what is uh, Dubai. Does Dubai go over your, your two-ton limit? Is that what it is, knucklehead? And it's not only airplanes he's coming after, boys and girls. You like those cruises, do you? No. 
They may even serve meat on him. It's not just air travel that's being criticized. And he doesn't put a Z criticized. Is there a Z in criticized? I don't know. My third grade education is questionable. An investigation by the European Federation for Transport and Environment. Yes, real organization. Yes, completely useless. In 2023, found that cruise ships pump four times as many sulfuric gases into the atmosphere than all of Europe's 291 million cars combined. It's your fault. It's your fault. Hey, DiCaprio, get off the yacht. Put the burger down. Oh, that's Wagyu steak. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to degrade you saying you only eat hamburgers. Statistics like these have forced European destinations to take action against the cruise industry. In July, Amsterdam's council banned cruise ships from docking in the city center in a bid to reduce tourism and pollution. Initiatives like this have shown success elsewhere. So, ban the cruise ships unless they're, you know, Bill Gates' private yacht and Leo's private yacht. You can't fly unless you're flying to Dubai because you, you know, you're doing that to save the earth and your carbon passport. I'm sorry. Oh, you want to see grandma for Thanksgiving? Oh, is she in there? I'm sorry. Your carbon passport has just been too, too much. And how I, I, I'm so scared of this because you and I both know this is how it starts. I mean, and, and let's just, before we get to the, 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 the semi-unrelated but hilarious story uh, that we'll close with today, let's just, uh, a short review class, shall we? We have them traveling to Dubai. Uh, carbon footprints don't matter for them. There's going to be 70,000 people there, and they've told you to eat less meat, drastically cut down your meat, because, dang it, we're second to Hong Kong. The United States eats too much meat. It's only for countries that do that, so you're going to have to cut back. And, oh, by the way, we're going to watch your cash. So give us your cash, cut out the meat. That's what they're going to be telling you. And then the next round, you're too dumb that you haven't been buying Joe Biden's EVs. How dare you? Dealers are saying that they're piling up on their lots and they're asking Joe Biden to stop his rules that you and I never heard about that effectively ban gas-powered cars by 2032. And you know, all these notions of years, 2050, 2035, 2040. I mean, they, they all have one magic little thing in common, do they not? They all just happen to coincide when these pathetic politicians will be out of office and unaccountable for the disaster that has followed. And the disaster that has followed is truly a disaster. Go to Appalachia and look at a former coal community and see the urban rot, where there used to be schools well-funded, parks well-funded, communities thriving, families living close to extended family, a real sense of community and sense of family, it's all destroyed. Because someone like Michael Bloomberg took a look at it and said, I wanna make money off of this, I can't make money off of that, so I'm gonna spend a whole lot to close you down. And he did. It's destroyed communities, it's destroyed counties, it next it's gonna destroy states, and yeah, it'll destroy countries because we're all on this free trial, and I use the word free very loosely, free trial subscription, the Green New Deal, since Joe Biden was sworn into office. Do you know how many executive orders Joe Biden has done? And keep in mind, he, he may have done more this morning, I haven't kept track, but it's 126. That's about one a week. I would think, since he's, uh, the, of the time he's been in office. 
That, and it's not just either declaring it, you know, happy free trade, Bernie Sanders is a, a great guy day declarations. They're canceling the Keystone Pipeline. They're canceling oil and natural gas production on American lands. They're canceling it in Alaska. They're canceling it offshore. They're canceling it everywhere. Not in Iran and Venezuela, but everywhere in the United States. It's destroying lives. And not just where those jobs are. It's reaching into your grocery store. It's reaching into your mortgage payment. It's reaching into your rent. It's reaching at the pump. Everywhere. And Joe Biden wants you to believe that because things this year, this holiday season, are just as bad as they were last year, that that's improvement. It's like the arsonist saying, I set 10 houses on fire last year. I'm only going to set nine on this year. Line up to pat me on the back. That's what we're doing. He's talking about degrees of destruction that he has wrought on the economy and expects us to pat him on the back that he is not, he's destroying it now at a slower rate, whereas we're all just trying to survive. Credit card debt, record high. And oh, by the way, as we're all, you know, online shopping this year, those third party, you know, pay, uh, get it and buy as you go type things, those are racking up massive charges too that don't even show up on the credit card amounts. And that's what Joe Biden is doing to my community and yours all across the country. And they have the audacity to tell you that everything's fine, that you have the disconnect. Why don't you, why don't you just love what he's doing for you? Don't believe your own lying wallet. Well, here's uh, maybe my favorite story this week. Let's end on a high note, shall we? Uh, you may have watched, if not, I'm sure you heard that uh, Governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, had a little debate uh, last week, Thursday night, I believe it was. And regardless of what you think about the debate, let's just talk about the energy part of it. It was really funny. Gavin Newsom says that the nearly $5 a gallon that they're paying in California, which is higher than I even think Hawaii and Alaska, is because oil companies want to gouge. Oil companies are gouging you. And Ron DeSantis correctly points out, then why aren't those greedy oil companies not gouging in Florida? It is completely... Completely, uh, it was a disastrous bait, it, debate, and it showed a, a little bit of the insular bubble that the Joe Bidens, Kamala Harris's, and John Kerry's, and Gavin Newsom's of the world live in. They're just completely surrounded by yes men. They're completely surrounded by a fawning press, and when they're actually challenged on it, they just lie. Say no, it's good. It's it's the oil companies. It's not me. They they don't claim any responsibility. Well, this was my favorite story. Sparks flew behind the scenes of the Ron DeSantis Gavin Newsom debate. This was from NBC News, believe it or not. But <laughs> so apparently, just before going to a break, they said that they were going to extend the debate. Just before going, Sean Hannity, the host, said, "We'll take a break." They have agreed to stay. Well, that's I guess the debate on the fly will continue, but it didn't continue. They had to leave because of other commitments. But what the audience didn't see, and what at least five sources shared with NBC News, is that off-screen there were significant disagreements happening. And according to <laughs> These sources, Gavin Newsom's wife got on the stage, came into the debate room on at least two occasions to some objections. And then on the ground, she uh, unaffiliated source with either campaign confirmed that his wife ended the debate on her husband's behalf saying, we're done. The DeSantis spokesman said Gavin Newsom got beat so badly last night that his wife literally had to throw the towel in for him. It was embarrassing. And so he lost the debate so bad 
that the wife had to come and end the debate. And he was, was he clueless that he wasn't losing? But anyway, you know what? You may have had a bad week, but you didn't have a, a Gavin Newsom's wife had to pull me off the debate stage week. And so we'll leave with that, that happy note. Thanks so much for listening. You want to catch us during the times that we're not on the radio? Head on over to PowerTheFuture.com. You can see me on the Twitters at Larry Barron's or send me an email, Larry at PowerTheFuture.com. Except not you, Gavin Newsom's wife. No more emails. Hey, let's all do it again next week. Thanks for being here. Get more Power Punch with Larry Barons at NewstalkSTL.com. This is Power Punch with Larry Barons on Newstalk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.